Welcome to a life well lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Ken Olette, CPM Certified Portfolio Manager and founder of Orca Wealth Management. In this podcast, he will provide some clarity in setting goals needed to build, preserve, and transfer wealth and overcome some of life's financial obstacles. Ken provides actionable steps to help you plan through your financial ups and downs in a way everyone can understand. Join us on this journey where Ken will explore many financial avenues, drawing from his three decades of experience in helping others avoid risking a lifetime's worth of work and savings by not having a plan and a strategy in place. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to A Life Well Lived with Ken Olette. Ken, how are you today? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. Man, I am so excited. Audience, this is Ken's very first podcast, his inaugural podcast as we're going to call it. And this is your opportunity to get to know Ken a little bit about his history, a little bit about him personally, and uh, kind of what makes him tick. So this, this podcast is broken up into two sections, and we're going to start with the history part of things. Ken, are you ready to go? I, I most certainly am. been looking forward to this. Why don't you tell us how you decided to work in financial services? Just a little bit about your history. Well, it, uh, it's kind of a media response. I mean, because uh, it's formed really the person I am and the practice that I th- that we that we do here. It all started back when I was very very young. I, I grew up as the classic welfare kid, government cheese, mm. the whole scenario. I mean, we we didn't own a home. We didn't oh. get a car till I was you know late in middle school, and it was uh, borrowed from one of my in laws. My mom was married four times. Same guy, different last name type of scenario. I was an only child. So it kind of leaves a mark on you a little bit. Growing up without resources and just wondering why in this country of plentiful resources, why do we have zero? And the pain that I went through through going through that just made me really think about, well, there's got to be lessons to be learned about money that my family never learned. So Mm. I made an incumbent upon myself just to, to learn about it. And I really didn't. I don't want to say I really didn't get the itch to want to do something in finance. I just wanted to learn what, how money worked, how you could grow it, how you could be not captive to poverty. So, and then really an event that happened when I was a young adult really kind of crystallized my, my whole process of what I wanted to do. And that was my mom died very young. She was 53. As I said, she had been married four times. And when she died, she died with $685 and her disability social security payment had hit. And so I had to bury her. I was the only child. The funeral director sat across from me and said, hey, Ken, the bill is $7,000. And that may as well have been $10 million to me at that point. You know, I, I, I had no way of knowing how I was going to raise this money. It, I felt awful. And at that time, I don't know if funeral directors are the way they are now, but back then they used to feel like make you feel like your mom was going to be buried in a potter's field, right? They, they, if you didn't come up with this money, you know, we're just going to put her in a box on the street. And so it just, I remember just feeling the pain of that and through friends, family, extended family, I was able to raise the money to barrier and I owed these people the money. And then I remember 45 days later, the social security administration took the $685 back because it had hit direct deposit the day after my mom died. So that taught me right then and there, I want nobody, no one in my sphere of influence to go through the pain that money caused myself, my mom, the heirs of the children. And so that right there, when I was 24, 25 years old, 
I started this as a career close to three decades ago, and it's been my mission to, to kind of alleviate that source of pain for anybody that I know. Well, I mean, it, it's admirable, right? I mean, what a, what a tremendously kind of heart-wrenching history of, of having to figure that out the hard way, right? That's and, and not wanting people to have to go through that, not wanting people to figure out the hard way. I know that's one of the reasons that you decided to start this podcast is you want this to be an educational experience for people. So I'm really excited about that. And this is for everyone, right? This podcast is for everyone. It's nationwide. In fact, it's worldwide for crying out loud. It's going to be all around the world. Anybody can listen to it. Anybody can learn from you. And that's great. But I want to know who do you work with and what is your specialty? Well, I would say to that end, being formed with that background, my, my specialty is really on the retirement distribution side. So a lot of a lot of people manage money. A lot of people do financial plans. But I don't think there's a lot of folks out there that really know the art and science to the distribution side. So it takes a lot of patience, a lot of optimism. And I liken it really to, uh, to a farmer. You know, I grew up in Oregon. My grandfather was a farmer. You have to have patience, obviously. You've got to be able to weather the cycles, droughts, heavy rains, what have you. But then you also have to have the right seed. Right. And, and those seeds for us are the investment choices that we make. And so if I had to have one specialty, it would be somebody retires. They want a lifetime of income. They want to make sure that they can sleep at night knowing that they're going to be able to have that 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 income for life. And it's going to raise with inflation and their heirs are never going to have to take care of them. I guess that, that would be in a, in a nutshell. Well, that's uh, very much a 30,000 foot view of what you do or what you want to help somebody accomplish. But if I asked you to narrow that down, what do you do for your clients? Well, in a nutshell, I mean, we try to be a personal CFO to our clients. So it's not just the managing of the assets. It's not doing the plan. It's not doing the distribution. I mean, my clients will come to me for every single financial need and being in this business for three decades, if I don't know the answer, I have a relationship with somebody that does. And so when a client goes to get a new car, we'll sometimes negotiate on their behalf for the best price on that car. We'll review lease agreements, obviously estate planning documents, things of that nature. We will get to get a second set of eyes on those. Anything that has to do with their money, we are going to at least request that we get our eyes put on them and we can add a second set of views just to test what they are doing, make sure that it's in their best interest, basically. And a lot of these things are that they're not things that, um, that, that we're compensated on, obviously, but it does, it is something that, that does have ramifications for the client's life. And that, so we do it all. I don't want to say we're a supermarket, but. <laughs> but I mean, again, the value that you're bringing is, is tremendous because, I remember the, oh man, and Ken, you and I are going to talk about this. It'll be therapy, truly therapy for me. I'll just lay on your couch and, and talk to you about it. But my wife and I leased a minivan. Oh, worst decision of our entire lives financially. It was the dumbest decision. And we're like, oh man, it's got three TVs. This is awesome. I drive all the time. I'm not going to watch any of those TVs. Why was I excited about it <laughs> anyway? But, but obviously just having those small things that you can you know, be able to say, you know what, I, you know what, I want Ken to take a look at this for me. I think that's fantastic. So how do you acquire new clients, if I can ask? Well, 90% of our client acquisition comes from our existing clientele I mean, and their family members and friends. I, it, it's one of the, it, we work very hard for our individual clients and their family members. And so I think that we do things a little bit differently, I want to say. And I think that oftentimes we will get recommended to their family and friends. And, and to your point in the previous question where you had mentioned 
that you had leased that vehicle. It, a lot of times in the things that we do is, no, don't do that. That's one of the major things that will the whole relationship will just say, no, that's not something you should do. And so we do say yes sometimes, but there are some instances where we'll say, no, that's not in your best interest. And I think that there's some value in that. Acquiring new clients, getting referrals, that's great. I know that this podcast will bring people to your doorstep to ask you questions and, and possibly get some help from you. But if you were to really define who your ideal client is, who would that be? Well, I think our ideal client would be somebody that is going to retire, that is planning for retirement, and they want to ensure that they're going to be able to have a sustainable income throughout a rising inflationary environment throughout their lifetime. And we, you know, when I first got in the business like three decades ago, if a client came in and they were 70 years old, you used to think to yourself, well, you know, I'm probably going to maybe five, six, seven years, I'm going to have this person as a client. Now they're mid nineties. So when somebody retires at, at 62, 65, and I sit across from them, I tell them, listen, you're now really the next chapter is, is 30 years long. Your money has got to grow as it was in retirement for 30 years, for three decades. And everything that you want to buy, you're going to go to the grocery store. You can't go to the grocery store with your bank statement. You have to have income. And as we're seeing right now in this inflationary environment, it, things are going up. And so you have to be prepared for that. So I think you know, our ideal client has somewhat of a distribution mindset and they they're, have somewhat of a concern about having to be able to have a worry-free financial retirement. I think that that, if I had to say one specific area, that would be it. Besides this podcast, which I know is, is going to be very educational, what other kind of education do you provide? Well, we do, because of my history, obviously, I want to reach as many people as I can with this message. So we do one, one seminar a month, typically a dinner event for the public. You know, the joke is in three decades, I've fed more people than St. Vincent de Paul. So, <laughs> so you know, I've, I've fed a lot of people with this information. So we also do, because of technology, and we, we saw through COVID that, that webinars are, are one of the areas that people like to get information. We do two of those a month, information basis only. We're starting these two podcasts a month to reach people there, perhaps in their car drive or their on their gym routine, 20 to 25 minutes long. Then we're, we do four video posts of topics that I think are pertinent and important for, for the public at large and my clientele. We, we do a monthly newsletter, which has a short, for those that have a very, very short attention span, we have a short video summary of the newsletter for those that just want to hear the summary and not read the newsletter, but we have quite a few that do actually read the newsletter. So we do, we are very, very big on education on a monthly basis. You know, I, I've always said an educated client is a successful, good client. So we really, really, really put an emphasis on that. Well, I, I know that through our conversations, you guys do a ton and you're amazing. However, you can't do it by yourself. So who's on your team and what are they doing? Well, we have we have four person team, including myself. We have my wife who has an MBA and she predominantly holds the organizes our birthdays and events and things of that nature. And then there's Dawn. Dawn is my administrative right hand. And she's she's been with me for five or six years, but she has three decades of experience as well in the back office side at admin as well as compliance. And, and she is trilingual. So she speaks. Yeah, yeah. She speaks Spanish and French. So, you know, for those clients that English is a second language to them, she pretty much covers all bases there. 
And our newest addition is John Anacone. He came to us in June of this year, and uh, he brings kind of the, the millennial aspect to, to the practice. He's 29. He's got a, for a 29-year-old, he's been in the finance uh, business for, for 10 years. So we were lucky to grab him. And he's going to really help me on the financial planning side, making sure our plans are, are all routinely updated for our clients, uh, as well as doing some additional research for me. Probably, I don't know, 30 hours a week, if you can imagine, on research alone. So he's going to really, really help on that side of just digging through more companies. Yeah. Now, I don't want to dig in too deeply, but I do want you to touch on something for me. You have a different designation than than a lot of advisors out there. Can you touch on what designation that is and what it means? Oh, certainly. Yeah. The, you know, when you come up through this business and you've been here a while, you typically, you're always looking to sharpen the saw, obviously. You want to find out what your niche is. And there's usually, but the majority of folks in our, our industry go one of two ways. Either you go the planning route, which would be the certified financial planner. And I would imagine, I would venture to say that's probably 80% of the people in my business go kind of more towards the planning route. And then there's more of the managing the assets or the selection side. And that I chose to do through the certified portfolio manager designation. It's put on through Columbia University in New York. And it's a very exhaustive program where it teaches you really how to research, manage, manage risk, growth, things of those nature, of that nature, and just how to find good companies. So it's more of a specialty on managing the portfolio versus the planning side. Now, I, I, not to, to say that I discredit the planning side at all. It's just there is a lot of avenues out there to get financial plans that are very, very robust. There's not a lot of art to it. It's basically data-driven, whereas on the management of the portfolio, there's not many of us left. There's not many advisors out there that buy individual stocks. It's mostly packaged products, and I think it's kind of a lost art. And so that is where I've chose to make my emphasis, and, and I feel like it's worked out pretty well. Absolutely. All right, this is the last question for this section, the first half of this podcast, and it's a deep one. Here we go. What would you say is your financial philosophy, Ken? Well, you know, in a nutshell, it's kind of you reap what you sow. It takes it takes a lot to be a good investor. And really, it it takes psychological fortitude. And some of that is innate in the individual, and some of it can be coached and taught. And the biggest, everybody, the saying's been kind of overdone, but you know, you make all your money in a bear market. You just don't know it at the time. I've seen through the course of my three decades, people make tremendously poor decisions when the markets are extremes, whether that be at the high or the low. And, and a lot of that has to do with not having a strategy and plan in place. I mean, we're at a high, high valuation now, comparatively, historically speaking. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of excesses. So I would say my philosophy is more have the fortitude to do the right things at the right time and avoid doing the wrong things at the wrong time. That right there, I believe, is 95% of investment success. And in truth be known, it is entirely, in my view, very, very difficult to do on your own. It just, if you don't have somebody to say, hey, that's not a good idea and here's why, I think you will be brought to, to bear with the two emotions of greed and fear and, and they're going to they're gonna really hurt your overall average return and perhaps your, even your financial plan. 100% agree. 
from self-experience, that van. Let's talk about that again. <laughs> let's not talk about mm-hmm. that again. But that was yeah. the emotion, right? That, that That's what happened is we got excited about something. And that can happen in investing too. Oh, I heard about this new thing. Ken, what do you, what do you think? Absolutely not. You know, that's a bad idea. Here's what I'm seeing. Oh, okay. If you have somebody that you can bounce those things off of, that is is what's really important. I, I love that philosophy. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to switch it up now and ask some personal questions so the audience can get to know you on a personal level. Ken, when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Well, I have four children. So I'm kind of, yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit of a cautionary tale because I started late. So I'm 53 and I have a, my youngest is 11. I have a 12, a 15 and a 17 year old. So the majority of my time when I'm not working is spent either at a baseball field, a soccer field, something of that nature. It's, I feel like my wife and I, we see each other in passing because we're basically the transit system for these kids. I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I said, I was an only child, grew up poor, and I would have had, I would have had 30 kids if I could have. So <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> Four to me is, is a lot. That's, I mean, that's a full a house right there, my man. That's awesome. What, what a blessing. All right. So here's an interesting question. I really like asking people this one. Who's your favorite person in history and why would you say that? Well, you know, without sounding trite, you know, I, I find it, it, it's Jesus, obviously. In his, I can't, as an historical figure, I can't think of a better, better person to try to, to model yourself after. So that is my, my, my one go-to. But I have to say there's a second one that's more palatable for the majority of the public because it's more recent. And, and that would be... Uh, Sir Thomas More, so St. Thomas More, which, which is a model of fortitude and just doing what is right just in, in the face of his own personal consequences. So I'm, I'm kind of a, a nerd niche guy that reads every biography on St. Thomas More there is. It's, my wife would tell you that we have stacks of books on Sir Thomas More, but, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that if, if I had to pick two, I couldn't just pick one. I have to pick one that is, you know, h- historically relevant, and then one that is just here more recent. Th- those would be the two. All right. So, so I leads me to this next question. Of course, are any of your children named Thomas? Uh, no. And okay. <laughs> and I, I, there's a there's a funny story. It's funny that you mentioned that because you know, my dad left when I was one, and his name was Tom. Oh, so <laughs> just well, there you go. So, so you know, I just I love the name and I love Thomas More, but hey, my dad and he left when yeah, I was one. So I got mm, yeah, there's a good and bad associated with it. I, I get that. It's kind of a pull in both directions there. Yeah. All right. Well, Ken, if I had to ask you and you had to put it in a nutshell for me, what's your idea of success? You know, my idea of success is the same ideal that I have for my clients. Just to live the best life they can with the resources that they have available. Just be the best person that they can have and just they can be and, and do it with, without undue stress. There, there's nothing worse than worrying about money. I mean, you know, maybe obviously a health crisis or something. If you're worrying about death, that's, that's obviously above money. But money is a close second, right? I've seen it in my, personally in my own life. So if we can just help somebody not have to worry about their money, put the worry on us. I feel that's a successful life. All right. What is one thing that you recommend most to clients, family, and friends? And it can be anything, a book, a pizza topping. I mean, I just, I think it would be learn, you know, be open to learning. A lot of people, and I find this in my practice, mostly we used to find it that the men would run the majority of the portfolios and the women just really 
didn't have much of an interest. And we're kind of seeing the tide change on that, which is, I think is wonderful because invariably the money ends up in the female's hands. We see it 90% of the time, right? We predecease the females typically. And, and, and just the ability to learn. Investing is not boring. It's not, it, it, it's not, it can be somewhat fun and it is so important. So the one thing I try to just be open to learning uh, some new things about money and they're so critical, so important that I just feel like that, that might be the one thing that I would leave to people to just learn a little bit. Hey, anytime I interview anyone for any reason, I love to include this question and I, I make everybody answer it. Tell me one thing that most people don't know about you, Ken. The one thing, well, the, the, but most people don't know about me is that I go to daily mass. Really? Every day? Go, wow. Every day. Every day. I, I attend daily mass and a lot of people don't, don't advertise that, but here I am on a podcast saying it, but you asked. So, but that would be about the only thing that, that I think a lot of people don't know, my clients in particular, that, that yeah, it's an important part of my life and, and I attend daily. Well, I, I think that speaks to your self-discipline and your ability to see a pattern, right? Because obviously you're gaining something from that visit, right? And that's something that I know that being a math guy, that I think that that's something that I share with you is I like patterns. I like to see the fruits of certain labors and going to mass every day. I think that's a fantastic, beautiful thing. So that's great. All right, Ken, this is almost the last question. This is about the second to the last question on this section here. What is your proudest achievement? Well, you know, I think about that a lot. And it harkens back to, to the beginning of this podcast. It's just having a successful family a unit, right? So growing up with my mom being, uh, being married, you know, four different uh, dads, and none of them stayed around kind of thing. And, and just being an only child, being married for, I just celebrated my 17th anniversary, four great kids, healthy kids. We're not a product of the government. We're able to, to be self-sufficient where we were teaching, I mean, I basically just really just getting out of that cycle that had been in my family history. And so hopefully my children will be productive citizens and they will have good families. And I mean, that's what I'm most proud of. I mean, I think about that every day. If I were to something where I hit by, hit by a bus tomorrow, you know, I feel like you know, 99% of my mission has been accomplished. So I'm pretty happy about that. That's a beautiful thing. And congratulations on your anniversary. That is also a beautiful thing. Now, as we wrap this podcast up, there's just a couple questions left. And the, the, the first one is this. It's a two-parter. This is nationwide, and I dare to say worldwide, because anybody can listen to it anywhere. Who should be listening to this podcast? And why don't you give them just kind of a preview of the things that you're going to be talking about on the podcast? Well, that's a great, great question. I mean, we're going to cover anything that is currently important in the world of finance. So anybody that wants to learn no non-fluff, real, tangible, historically accurate information that is tangible that they can use, that is actionable, I think should listen to this podcast because we're going to talk about varying topics that is important to just about every single investor out there. We're going to bring in some good guest speakers. We're going to bring in experts in certain areas of estate planning taxes, you name it, real estate law. We're just going to cover the gambit of just going across everything that we possibly can that'll enhance the lives of the listener in those 20 to 25 minutes, if that's possible. That's fantastic. All right. And we're going to be asking for contact information on, on most of your shows. I'm going to be asking and prompting you to give contact information because people are going to want to reach out. And that's just the nature of how podcasting works. They learn from you and they're like, you know what? I'd love to further this conversation. 
So before we get to the contact information, I do also want to let the audience know that the next podcast Ken is going to do is what it looks like if you do reach out. So if you pick up the phone or if you email in, what does it look like from the very first moment you get a hold of somebody until you're talking with Ken or whatever the process is, we'll find out on the next podcast, but please tune into that. But if people are listening to this going, man, I like his philosophy. I like the way he was brought into the industry. I like the way he thinks. And I want to reach out and talk to him before that next podcast even comes out. What's the best way to get a hold of you, Ken? Uh, the best way is really through our website. So it's uh, www.orcawealth.com. That's O-R-C-A-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or you can reach us directly by phone, 727-938-1600. And we'd be more than happy to talk with you. We'd really enjoy it. Fantastic. Ken, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for creating this podcast to uh, educate the audience. I get to learn right along with them. So thank you. Yes. Look forward to the journey. All right. And our last thank you is always going to go to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to A Life Well Lived with Ken Olette, founder of Orca Wealth Management. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, which I know you haven't because this is the very first one, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Ken comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Orca Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Life Well Lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Kinolet CPM. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Orca Wealth Management, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualifying financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Orca Wealth Management, LLC does not provide legal or tax advice. Clients should seek the advice of a qualified attorney or accountant as necessary.